Think about the flu and how terrible the flu is. Well, nobody wants to get the flu. But are we going too far? I mean, are we scared of this to the point that it can hurt us to, to a level that is permanently detrimental? I don't want to share someone else's thoughts. I want to create my own original thoughts. I want to create my own original solutions. I want to look at situations and come up with my own phrasing, my own words, and do it my way. This is the John Taffer Podcast. Shut it down. Well, I took a month off. Had to get Bar Rescue going, Corey. You did, yeah. So we had a great launch, an unbelievable launch Sunday night. Thank you all for watching. It was our biggest numbers in two years. So Bar Rescue continues to grow, and here I am. The first episode of our new podcast format, the John Taffer Podcast. Pretty damn original name, don't you think, Corey? I love it. Highly creative. <laughs> you know, I, I, very original, but to the point, I would say. So here's the deal, guys. We're going to be doing this every Thursday, every week, and this is a completely different format. I am really excited about it. We're going to be talking about the coronavirus and a few other things today, but this is a different format, guys. The last podcast, I was sort of mellow in it, Corey, don't you think? I think, yeah, you're a little too mellow. So you know what I'm doing this time? What's that? I ain't fucking around. <laughs> so, well, hey, you got a cigar in your mouth. In I got back, a cigar so. in my mouth here. I'm puffing away. I'm in a great mood, and it's a little bit of a scary time, which we'll talk about in a couple minutes, but here's the deal. Subscribe anywhere you get your podcast, and you'll get your new episodes every Thursday. But Corey, here's my favorite part of our new format. We put in a great switchboard and you can call into this podcast. Talk to me at 916-842-5180. 916-842-5180. So I want to interact. I want to be direct. I want to be confrontational at times. I want to talk about business. I want to talk about entrepreneurship. I want to grow us all. I want to see us all be in a better freaking place than we are today. And that's what this podcast is about. So Corey, I mean, this corona thing is over the top, man. Oh, man, you need to shut it down. <laughs> this was terrible. So I'm talking to friends of mine today who were launching a whole new television show in South by Southwest, and they spent about $150,000 on a booth and airfares and everything, and they just pulled out. Oh. NCAA basketball games are going to be played in arenas with no fans. Think about that. In the United States, more than 41,000 people signed a petition calling for South by Southwest to be canceled. Now, if that happens, what happens to Texas, I mean, that's an economic bang. I mean, that's going to kill. And it just goes on and on. Sporting events in Italy will happen with no fans present, none, through April 3rd. Baltimore's Women of the World Festival has been canceled. The 58th annual U.S. Senate Youth Program was canceled. The Northwestern University annual dance marathon and all university-sponsored spring bake trips were canceled. Think about this. Think if you were looking forward to that all year, Corey. Now it's gone. The Tomorrowland Winter 2020 Festival is now canceled. That was canceled in France. The TED Conference, scheduled to be held in Vancouver, April 21 to 24, has been postponed or switched to be virtually held. HIMSS canceled its health conference 2020, global health conference and exhibition. Think about this. A global health conference was canceled because of a health problem. <laughs> so that's yeah. how heavy this is. And then I read about things like what's happening in the sales place. Have you been out, Corey? You can feel the difference. Oh, really? No, I haven't. So, I mean, airports are almost empty. You walk through downtown areas, it's almost empty. You see people walking around with masks, but I was watching a special on television the other day. You know, if you wear a mask, it doesn't protect you from getting it. I saw that. 
Now, if you have it, you should wear a mask because if you sneeze and cough, particles don't come out. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is wearing a, a face mask is not going to guarantee that you won't get it. Yeah. If you rub your eyes, you'll get it. If you rub your nose, you'll get it. Man, do I have a story for you guys. So I got a new puppy about six months ago. And he's a great little guy. We wound up naming him Bentley. He's a great little guy. The guy had Guardia. Guardia is a parasite that a dog can get from sniffing and eating feces. About 10% of the time, it can go to a human. I'm that 10% of the time. For oh, the no. past week, I have been home, not working, right, Corey? I haven't been here. Yeah. I have been home why. <laughs> shitting my brains out for a week. Oh, I've, lost, I've lost 10 pounds in 10 days. And I'm going through this unbelievable stomach thing. And while I'm going through this, I'm, I'm seeing what's going on with coronavirus. And it probably feels similar to what I went through this week of the barfing, the temperature, you know, the, in a bathroom the entire time. So think about the flu and how terrible the flu is. Well, nobody wants to get the flu. But are we going too far? I mean, are we scared of this to the point that it can hurt us to, to a level that is permanently detrimental? So when we take a look at all these festivals that are being canceled, imagine this. Imagine if you had a new product core, you worked on it for two years, you put your whole life into it, your whole life saving is in it. You're spending your last money to take you and a couple of your associates down to South by Southwest to launch your product at that event in a booth. And the event is canceled. You've spent your money. You have no way to launch your product now. You're screwed. Now, oh. The coronavirus will go away, but that won't go away for you, will it? Right. That could wipe you out. Yeah, that's that's A it. That's it. Las Vegas conventions are being canceled, which is scary. Attendees are coming down. Corporations are, are creating changes in travel policy. They don't want you traveling unless it's completely necessary. So in a city like Las Vegas, where we get six and a half million convention attendees every year, imagine if the convention still went on but they cut the amount of people who came in half. So, Corey, we normally send five people to the convention. This year, we're only sending two. So, all the hotel rooms are empty. The restaurants become empty. The conventions happen, but business doesn't happen. This is a scary time. So, what do we do as business owners? Well, if I'm in a restaurant business and I have a product that people want, you know, I've got Uber Eats today. I have DoorDash. I have ways to deliver product to people. So delivery should become a much bigger and much more important vehicle to all of us out there. Obviously, Amazon is going to do great in this situation. But, Corey, how do you feel about opening an Amazon box from China? I mean, I know that it's probably impossible to get something, but, I mean, my imagination just starts flowing. It's a little point. scary. Yeah, it's scary. So, so you're going to put on a rubber glove to open that box? I, I might. I might, too. <laughs> yeah. And then I was hearing about dollar bills. And the dollar bill's oh. currency is a combination of paper and linen. It's particularly absorbent. Right. So dollar bills are a nightmare. So when I'm thinking and I'm sitting with Nicole and we're talking about, you know, what are the things that we should be doing to make a difference? Well, we did hit the supermarkets. We got a lot of water. We got a lot of backup stuff. In a crisis like this, the supply chain can break down. That's what gets scary. And when we take a look at so many products today, Apple phones is a great example. They're made with components from China and components from all over the world. If those individual supply factories close down, if the truck drivers don't can't move the volume of product that they used to, the supply side breaks down. Now when the supply side isn't there, General Motors starts to close car factories because they don't have enough windshields or they don't have enough door handles or they don't have enough electronic components. So the supply side feeds the factories. If the supply side drops down and if we can't keep up with supply side chain, then 
the factories and the retailers and everybody starts to feel the impact of it. You know, when I anchor on Fox News a, a few months ago, back by the holidays, Mike Lindell from MyPillow was on my Fox show. And he was talking about the fact that MyPillow uses only American suppliers. They import nothing from outside of the country for their MyPillow product. So because of that, he's not going to worry about supply side. He should be okay here in the States with supply side. So there's an interesting economic trend that's going to happen from this. Companies like Apple are going to start to think really hard about putting all their supply side outside of America. And I think in the long term, this might actually be a positive for bringing supply-side businesses back into the boundaries of America. Because when your supply comes from outside America and you can't control that supply chain, you can't control your business. And that's really, really scary. And that's the scariest thing that's going on with coronavirus now. So should we stock up on some backup things? We probably should, Corey. We shouldn't create a flood. But think about the kind of supply side things that could disappear. I read that there's a toilet paper shortage in Hawaii. Really? So that's an issue. Yeah. So you might want to buy a few extra rolls of toilet paper to have at home. Not a bad idea. One thing about toilet paper, you know you're going to use it one day. So think about the kind of things that you could do to just insulate yourself in a slight way with some water, some toilet paper, some paper towel, maybe some extra frozen meals to get you through a few days if supply side breaks down. So remember, retailers are going to open. Stores are going to typically open. The question is, are the shelves going to be full? Now, I'm not an alarmist. I think we're going to be fine personally. But making moves to protect yourself, preparing for the worst, and expecting the best is probably a good strategy right now. So those are the things that are, are negative about corona. Obviously, we got to have great hygiene right now. You know, on Bar Rescue, Corey, I made us put stand-up hand sanitizer dispensers all over the set. And all of my 57 crew members are required to wash their hands and use those things every time they walk by one. And there's one about every 10 feet. So you're washing your hands about 10 times a day with the hand sanitizer. That's smart. The next thing that's really key is you can't touch your face. You cannot touch your face. The virus is absorbed through your eyes, through your sinuses, through your lips, through your mouth. So you really have to avoid touching your face at all costs. And then, of course, wash your hands, stay clean, and watch where you go. Be smart. I mean, this might not be, and I'm going to get some hate mail for this, but this might not be the right time to go to a Chinese restaurant. That's a decision you might need to make on your own. Right. So, so be smart, but don't be overreactive because the fact of the matter is a lot of U.S. companies are defying the coronavirus outbreak economically. We had a great jobs report last week. Unemployment numbers are holding. They're doing very, very well. Fact of the matter is we haven't seen any huge fall in retail. And then I got a kick out of this. Did you hear in the news how Corona sales, beer sales are down oh. 30%, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. What a crock of bullshit that is. So we called the CEO of Corona. And <laughs> listen to this. Their brands are actually up 5% over the latest four-week period, nearly doubling the 52-week trend for the brand. Free advertisement. So the fact <laughs> of the matter is Corona sales aren't down. And your sales don't need to be down either. You need to be smart right now. Do you need to put in a better delivery program? Do you need to promote your delivery programs? Do you need to make sure that there's sanitizers all over your business so that people see your employees are using it? People see that it's a safe, clean environment. But we have to understand <laughs> the sky is not falling. This is not the end of the world, guys. So the other issue about this that scares me a little bit is that the fact that I understand it does well in the heat. 
So it might not disappear in the summer like other viruses do. But there's a lot of good news here. For example, the Federal Reserve just slashed interest rates in an emergency cut. Right now, Corey, as you are sitting there, interest rates are, I believe, the lowest they've been in my lifetime, maybe in history. So if we take a look at interest rates now, if you have a mortgage at a higher interest rate, this is the time. Refinance your house, you can save a fortune. So prices are going to go down in certain items. Prices are going to go up in certain items. you got to be smart. My great-grandfather got rich during the Depression because nobody had cash, and he figured out how to make money during the Depression. And I learned so much from that. So think to yourselves, what can you do to defend yourself, defend your family, but what can you do to really defend your business now because you have to do something. You have to either sanitize, you have to let customers know that you're being conscientious, and we all need to be responsible to each other. If you're sick, stay home. Wear a mask. Do what you need to do to protect each other. So corona sales are actually up during a coronavirus. Hey, Kevin's calling back. Let's let's tune him in. Okay. Hi, it's Kevin. All righty. This is one of my best friends in the world, or probably my best friend in the world, Kev. I hope you're not uh, blushing. Kevin Undergaro, yeah. who, who you might know because a lot of you have seen him on, on Bar Rescue, but Kevin owns After Buzz TV, is one of my favorite television producers, uh, uh, comes from an MTV background, has one of my favorite females as his wife in the whole world other than my Nicole Maria Menounos. And, and Kev, we're talking about the, the coronavirus here. And Wow. And, yeah. We're reading how I was talking to a production company today, uh, IPC, how they've had to pull their shows out of South by Southwest that were big launch vehicles for them. And then we're reading uh, that, listen to this, in in, uh, Europe, in Italy, all sporting events will have no fans through April 3rd. Imagine a soccer event with 100,000 seats, not one fan, Kev. Wow. Uh, LA Comic Con, we were doing, John, and now it just got canceled. It did. Wow. Just minutes ago? Yeah. Uh, but I think it was uh, late yesterday. Wow. Yeah, we got the word. The TED conference, which was going to be in Vancouver, has now been postponed, or they're going to move it to virtual. And you think about it, Kev, you know, you're in a business of After Buzz TV, which is consumed on people's phones, of course, but also consumed very much at home. Do you think that the coronavirus will have a positive effect on entertainment because people are going to have more time to watch things because they're not going to be out shopping or out eating? Do you think the end effect to the entertainment business is maybe positive? Yeah, you know, John, you know you know this better than anybody, but the depression, during the depression, you know, it was these kind of activities that went up yeah. in business. Yeah. And I never leave it to you to think of that. Yeah, more than likely, the, you know, but the problem is, I think there's other things, parts of our infrastructure that will suffer. Um, But maybe you're right. God, I didn't even think of that. You know, Hollywood has always been the one to make the money no matter what. And I know people want to escape, but you're right. It's now a safe way to escape. So if I'm I'm not going shopping this weekend because I'm scared of coronavirus, so I'm going to sit home. What the hell am I going to do while I'm home, Kev? I'm going to watch more television. Yeah, I'm going to watch Bar Rescue. They play it every hour on Paramount. It's on right now as we're talking, as a matter of fact. So Bar Rescue, can you believe it, is now on from 8 in the morning till 2 in the afternoon, Monday through Friday, and then the 14-hour marathons. And the numbers Sunday night were through the roof. Uh, Season launched higher than the last two. Just keeps going. By the way, T T Payne was a great. Was he nice, John? He seems such a nice guy. Yeah, he's a sweet guy. Got to get him back. But what people don't know is you and Maria just shot an episode with me last week, so I got you and Maria coming up too. 
So, uh, you know, John, Maria thinks feels like, and I hope, you know, she thinks it's going to be the best one of the season just because of what went down. It was um, unbelievable. So, we can't let the secrets out, but I think it's clearly so, the best one we've ever done. Yeah, out of yeah, we've done some good ones, but yeah, that was pretty god. Wow. <laughs> so think about this. While Americans will be sitting home watching television, watching a lot of after buzz, hopefully bar rescue marathons and stuff. The coronavirus is killing the world, and it's really scary. Listen to this. China boasts hundreds of millions of wealthy consumers. They're 16% of global output, and that global output's going to shut down in a lot of ways. That's pretty scary, Kev. And I was talking yeah. about how Mike Lindell from MyPillow was on, on a f show I did for Fox and how all of his suppliers from MyPillow, his foam, his, his fabrics and stuff, are all American. He has no outside suppliers. And then you think of the guys like Apple who are relying on China to supply the components and the technologies and stuff for their products, I think another result of the coronavirus is going to be that American manufacturers are going to start to realize there's a risk when we start putting our supply chain outside of America. Maybe we need to stop putting our supply chain in countries that are a little more volatile from a virus standpoint, from an economic standpoint, from a terrorist standpoint, from a military standpoint, that, you know what, I'm better making the widgets that I need for my telephones here in America, even if it costs me a little more. I right. think that's one of the side effects of this, don't you? I mean, again, John, I never thought of that, but it makes sense. And, like, I mean, listen, I don't. we obviously want this thing controlled, but that's a positive side effect. I mean, I, I hate to be the one to say that. But that's at least one silver lining. John, like John, you know, I always think of you, when I always think of people to solve the world's problems, you know, there's always just this certain personality types, like no matter where you drop them, they can figure it out. And I've always said that about you, whether it's a bar or a city, anything. And so it, I don't want to put you on the spot, but John, like, what do you do right now if you're, if you're leading the country? Well, you know, if I'm leading the country, the first thing I got to do is, is, Calm people down, but not calm people down to the point that they don't act. Fact of the matter is, Kev, we have to use hand sanitizers. You can't touch your face anymore, Kev. You can't rub your eyes. You can't rub your nose. You can't touch your mouth. You can't put your hands in your mouth. you got to be really conscious about that. We can't shake hands anymore with each other. We have to know that wearing a face mask doesn't protect me at all, really. It's a little bit of a shield but it doesn't protect us. So we have to be responsible as business owners. The next thing I have to realize is, okay, foot traffic through the doors of my businesses might go down, Kev. If I'm in a retail business, I'm in a restaurant business, I'm in a bar business, my numbers are probably going to go down right now. But what numbers are going to go up, Kev? Delivery. If I have the greatest hamburger in town and you love that freaking hamburger... I'll drop it off, buddy. I got, I got Uber Eats. I got DoorDash. I got, I, got, so I got all sorts of opportunities now to try to distribute my product differently. And those are the huh. things that we need to think about. But, Kev, that's the problem that retailers had since the launch of Amazon the past two years anyway, is how do retailers create traffic? How do retailers you know, create sales when people don't walk through the door as much as they used to? Coronavirus is going to take a big hit on that. So what I would do is I would put together some business counseling services immediately. I would look at businesses by sectors, and I'd start putting solutions in place, and I'm concerned that Washington isn't doing that. So I would look at certain business sectors. I would, I would reach out to certain professional associations. For example, I would reach out to the National Restaurant Association as the government. They're the largest non-government employer in the world is the restaurant and hospitality business. More employees than anything else in America. I would want to protect that industry.
So I would implement certain policies, certain procedures. I would start to make the country comfortable with going into restaurants, working with the National Restaurant Association to implement policies, because if I don't protect that industry, that's the biggest one I got, Kev, I'm in trouble. So I would start there. I would then start to move down to the second and third largest industries. I would look at construction and other industries that can't stop. And I would be, as a government, as a president, I would be working with these groups that know their businesses better than I do on solutions and practices to try to make a difference. And it's, 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 it's a scary process. But, you know, Kev, we've been through this with SARS. We've been through this with other things in the past, too, right? Not this extreme, though, John. Well, the SARS, the SARS was, a, was a scare, but we weren't closing things down. I think we were more guarded. We were looking at mail, remember? But this is, you know, it, here's the thing, John. Is this, is, I mean, I, this is the crazy question come from me, but is it, is it, are the fears founded? Uh, do, do you know what I'm saying? Is yeah, it, think, fo- is, is it founded? Are, I think they are founded. Yeah. I think if we don't control this, that we're going to have a major, major problem. And how much can we control it? Now, I think Trump has done a very good job. I think shutting down the travel portals like he did early on was a really good move, and he was criticized for it. But right now, we as a country are doing better than just about every other country, except for isolated countries like Iceland and Greenland that don't have the international traffic that, that, that we do. But we're doing pretty well with regard to the quantitative amount of people that are infected compared to Italy, Iran, China, and other countries. So I think we've done a good job on the front end. What scares me, Kev, are two big things. One. We once it creates a community outbreak, which means somebody has it and they haven't traveled from another country or or been around somebody from another country, that's the game changer. And the other thing that scares the shit out of me, Kev, is apparently this virus likes heat. That's horrifying. That means it might not go away this summer. It might get worse. Now, all other viruses that we've been exposed to and flus and stuff tend to go away in the spring and summer. So there's yeah. a natural remedy. It's almost like the earth cleansing itself. There's a natural remedy every spring that happens. I'm not sure that's going to happen with this, and we don't have the data to say one way or another. So that's right. scary. If that's true, Kev, and then this really doesn't subside in the spring and summertime, if it's fueled by heat and we start to get community breakouts, we've got a serious problem. We'll be right back. Don't shut down this podcast. John Taffer. We'll be right back. Do you put the Surgeon General on this in terms of getting a team together to figure out how to um, prevent slash cure or treat the virus if you're in charge? Well, you know, I think that the person in charge of it doesn't necessarily need to be medical. They need to be a great manager and a great tactic. I need to surround them with medical expertise. Not to insult anybody, but I always find that researchers and scientific people are not always the best managers of people. They're not right. always the best managers of, of process. They're very into their, 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 their one-on-one processes that they do on their own in their research, et cetera. So the first trick is to bring in the best freaking manager you can find, Kev who is a manager of process, and then surround that manager with the greatest experts you can possibly surround him with, which are not only population movement experts, transportation and travel experts, food service experts, uh, uh, as well as medical experts. And I think if we surround this real manager, a real decisive decision maker, a taskmaster, if you will, 
If we surround that person with this type of expertise, he's the one who makes the motion happen. He's the one who makes it happen quickly. He's the one who calls out the accountability. He's the one who makes sure you're called 10 times today, Kev, if he doesn't hear back from you. He's the one who's the right. push man, if you will. And what He's we need, <laughs> yeah, what we need right now, and this is an old construction expression, we need a push man who's on this thing, who's going to push this thing and move it forward. And, and that's what really is scary to me. And, and you know, Corona. Uh, which is interesting. We read how Corona beer sales are down 30%. People won't drink Corona beer because of the coronavirus. Kev, it's complete bullshit. Oh, my God. So wow. We just heard from the CEO who runs Corona who said their sales are up 5% over the latest four-week period, nearly doubling his 52-week trend for the brand. So it's bull. So when people hear, oh, don't drink Corona beer, don't this, don't that, we start to act stupid. And yeah. I think it's the responsibility of our president and our government to show us what is stupid and what is not. <laughs> right. You know, John, actually, it's funny you say that. That's exactly how it needs to be explained. I think so, Kev. Just what you said, you know, because I find the left is about the fear and, you know, the, you know, always be in fear and always put us to make us needy. And the right is, can, the extreme right can say, you're fine. You're fine. And I think it's what you just said is coming out and saying, you know, how do we manage, how do we manage this properly? And how do we not, you know, how do we not go to the extreme? Cause I, I think that's what I'm seeing from both sides of it. And also what I'm seeing is, you know, is China really cooperating with us, John? Are they well, working with us to, you know, figure this out? I think China right now seems to be in a bit of a CYA mode, if you will. I think they're holding back some research data. They're holding back yes. some origination yep. data. I think they're trying to make themselves look better than they probably should look on the world scene. I think they're terrified. Right. I've read that their economy is down almost 80%, Kev. So they're in panic mode. So if wow. your income was down 80% and you were desperate, suddenly you'd tell a lie or two maybe, wouldn't you? Suddenly you'd start yeah. to deceive. You'd start to make moves. That's what worries me. And when these countries yeah. get into this situation, they start protecting their own economies at the expense of the economies and the people around them. That's scary, Kevin. That's what I worry about. Yeah. But, you know, the nightclub and yeah. bar convention, which you know I created, is, is uh, yes. way down. And I've gotten a lot of phone calls of companies that are not going to that in Las Vegas. South by Southwest, I'm told, is hours from canceling is what we're reading. And apparently they're very close. That's a big one. You realize the economic impact of that? Oh. Yeah, you know, so funny, John. One of our mutual friend Joe, um, he his all the friends he's been traveling with, the flights have been half empty, uh, you know, um, and yet his flight was full because it was all the degenerate gamblers going to Vegas. Yeah, it's <laughs> funny. He stopped. It's funny. I read you an know? article last night. It's true. The the casinos are still packed and people are doing their things. But you know, we as a city are very responsible, Las Vegas. You know, Vegas has has forty two million tourists a year. The country of Mexico only has 41 million tourists a year. And Las Vegas, wow. you know, has the ability to move 800,000 passengers to its airport in one day because conventions flip, turn over. We can take 350,000 hotel rooms, change them, make them up, and flip them in one day. Las Vegas is a remarkably responsible travel destination. When you walk down the strip, the cleanliness on the streets, the police right. protection, the undercover police. Las Vegas is run like a resort. The public streets are run like a resort. They're clean. They're maintained. So as one who lives in Vegas, I feel very safe here, Kev, because I feel so that, I. that to protect yeah. the tourist destination, they chase millions of dollars after these things that a non-tourist destination city would not spend. 
We also have the gaming right. revenue to support those kinds of things. So, yeah, right. so honestly, I'd be a lot more scared to be in Seattle, Washington than Las Vegas or New York or Las Vegas or candidly LA than Las Vegas. But you know, these are personal choices that everyone needs to make. You know, Kev, it's interesting in politics, and this is a heavy political time, and unfortunately the coronavirus is going to get politicized. Have you, ever, oh. have you ever heard the minority party, whichever one it is, who's not in control, say to the other side, you guys are doing a great job? Never. <laughs> Never. You know, you know what, John? It would be the greatest curve. I swear to God, mo if, if anyone from the left side came out and said, listen, Here's the things you are, you've done a great job at and commend you for that. But here are the areas where you've really messed up and this is where we can come and build on what you've done, but fix what you haven't done. But because they go in, like you said, and that's why I think they're, they're actually dismissed. Yeah. And, uh, yes. So anybody who says, oh, uh, if you listen to the Democrats, because they're not in control, I'm not picking on the Democrats. If they were Republicans were not in control, yeah. I'd say the same damn thing. Same thing. Same because thing. they're not right. in control, they're going to be the fear mongers. Everything that the, the other side does is not, is too little, too late. It's a disaster. It's worse than you think. They're lying to you. They're, so they're going to blow this up out of proportion. The side that's right. in control and is in power has to be the responsible side. They have the right. authority. Unfortunately, they have to act under different guidelines, if you will. So they have to keep the public calm. They have to keep people and the economy moving forward and all the supply chains and links and everything continuing in place. So when people hear the other side, and the other side is the one that's not in control, badmouth the one that's in, we should immediately as a society take that and filter the hell out of that, and we don't. And that's a political no. statement too, Kev. That's so much of the reason why our country is so divisive today is because Ugh. other side, the, the non-control side will beat up the control side. So right. there's an inherent divisiveness, but we as a society should fucking know better. Don't you agree? Right. We should yes, look at that other is, side yeah, and say, this is what they're supposed to say. I got to discount it by at least 50%. So right. I think that the fear by the side who's not in control should be, should be discounted because they are attempting to create a political gain. And unfortunately, Kev, that's not one side or the other, conservative, liberal, Democrat, Republican. No, it's no. just our system and the way it works. You it's know, Kev, like, okay, yeah. My new book that I'm working on, almost finished with it, is called The Power of Conflict. And the premise of the book is the world would be a terrible place without conflict. Think about it. If you wouldn't have any conflict with me, you're going to throw your morals away. You're going to throw your values away. You're going to throw what's unimportant yeah. to me. To think yeah. that you wouldn't argue something that's important to your personal values and beliefs because you want to avoid conflict would destroy our society in the long term. George Washington was a very conflict type of a person. When you take a look at the greatest CEOs, the greatest leaders in America, none of them were nice guys. Henry Ford was not a nice guy. Oh, Walt yeah, Disney, you can read articles, was not the nicest guy in the world. Jack Welsh, rest in peace, who just passed away, was not the nicest guy in the world, but they were great leaders. And, right. you know, we think about the greatest successes in life did not happen by nice guys. So... You know, I proposed the whole premise in the book of conflict, and, and it teaches people the power of conflict and how conflict can be a positive thing and how terrible the world would be without conflict. So it raises the whole premise and the whole fascinating question, Kev, of do we want our president to be a nice guy? And I say, fuck no. 
I don't want my yeah, president no. to be a nice guy. I want my president to put objectives as number one and nice as number two. I don't want yeah. nice as number one. And no stockholder should want their CEO to be nice. No voter should want their politician to be nice. Nice doesn't do anything for us. Conflict does. No. And it's ugly at times, buddy. I get it. But, man, when we're fighting for something, we're accomplishing something. We're putting forth a view, a belief, a discussion, a conversation. Things move forward with conflict. If you and I have an issue between us, Kevin, you don't mention it and I don't mention it, it never goes away. Our friendship ends. We never resolve it. But if right. I looked at you with courage and said, Kev, I disagree with you. You did this. And we talk about it and we resolve it and we move forward. Conflict is the first step to resolution. Resolution is the first step to action. And action is the first step to solution. And it all starts with conflict. And so, then, John, you know what that all adds up to? To me, growth. Absolutely. This yeah, Sunday's, you yeah, absolutely. This Sunday's you could, Bar Rescue yeah, you know. is the... Is the um, uh, really a powerful one for me and I don't want to tell too much about it but it's oh. a vet it's a vet from Vietnam who is a special services guy he went into a mission with seven of his friends and he's the only one who survived oh boy so he's been living for the seven of them ever since with heavy PTSD and issues and and so you know very very emotional to me but, you know, Kev, this is a, a challenging time for people. They're a little scared by this whole coronavirus thing, and the phones are lit up. So if anybody wants to call in, our number is 916-842-5180. 916-842-5180. Phones are pretty lit up. So let's drop a caller in here, Kev. Let's see how he's feeling. Audience calls. Hey, Chad. Hey, John. How's it going? Good, man. You know, it's interesting. We were just talking about truck drivers and supply side and all the fears we're having with coronavirus. And you're uh -huh. out there on the roads. You are that supply side for us, buddy. You're the one who keeps it all moving. Yeah, What's going on? What's the vibe out there? What are you guys feeling? Well, for me, I, I stay kind of regional in the West Texas, kind of Western Oklahoma area. And for us, we haven't had any major outbreaks or scares or anything like that you know the the big ones are like seattle and yep. there was something like san antonio but you know nothing super close to me but when it comes to the to the ag stuff i've kind of been told that we're just kind of watching everything because wow. i know all the crops that we are supplying the fertilizers for are shipped off to china and you know because the big tariffs and stuff like that that's yep. been going on so so uh, you know are we're you worried kinda, are you worried? Um, yes and no. I'm, I know that it's something out there, like, but as far as buying masks and emptying grocery stores, I don't think it's that bad. I, I, I quote, yes, or yet, I'm sorry, but I, I don't think it's going to be a huge epidemic as some people are making it out to be but it definitely needs to be paid attention to. It's a question. If, if some stranger who you never met before walks up to you to shake your hand right now, are you going to shake it? Yes, because that's, kind of, that's the kind of person I am. But Would you sort you of know, cringe? I, Would I, you sort of cringe when you did it? Probably. You know, at, at this point, I would kind of be, be a little more wary, and I would yeah. definitely 
be running to the bathroom, wash my hands after, you know, yep. fairly soon, but so, you know, not in kind of rude manner, but <laughs> sure. So, so even though you're, you're, you're not in an area that's highly infected and even though you're pretty confident that you don't think it's going to be such a breakout, you still change your own behavior a little, haven't you? Yes, I, I have. I, I really try and not to, you know, because, you know, once everyone changes their behavior, then that's where, you know, the panic is, you know, yeah. people notice they may, you're, you're not as, you know, you don't hug as much as you do, or you don't, you know, whatever, you know, and it's just, yeah, I'm just kind of taking little precautions, you know, washing my hands a little more than I normally would, you know, just yeah. kind of that kind of stuff. Yep. So do you hear anything about uh, uh, truck companies changing travel policies or do you hearing anything like that in the industry at all? Um, as far as I know, I haven't heard anything uh, on, on my side of stuff. It doesn't affect me because it's super busy season right now. And I have a friend that is an over-the-road driver and he's doing cross-country stuff. Yeah. And from what he's telling me, he said it, nothing has changed in that sense. But I, I know there are some stuff that, you know, you get in from ports and stuff that that's being a little more carefully looked at. But yeah. as far as me personally, it hasn't changed anything. Yeah. I got to tell you, you guys are really important to us. When we go through crises like this, you know, you guys are truck drivers, the train operators, everybody who keeps all of these products moving. The stores will open, but if there's nothing on the shelves... It doesn't help anybody. So, you know, your role mm -hmm. in, in keeping yourself safe and your industry keeping you safe so that those wheels keep rolling is very, very important to all of us. Well, this was your dime, buddy. Anything you want to talk about? Um, man, not really. Uh, okay. <laughs> I, I appreciate everything you do, and I, I love watching your shows and your podcasts and your, you know, seeing your stuff on Twitter and I, I love the advice you have for people. And I, I really, I, I look up to you in a sense that you take people and kick them in the butt when they need it, you know? Oh, thank you, and buddy. Well, thank a, you, buddy. That's a cool thing. John, can I ask him a question? Sure. What, what, what's your favorite bar rescue episode? Oh, man. I don't know if I have one. <laughs> there's, right? there's so many that I, I like watching and just, they, they have a lot of re replayability and, you know, cause you can go by and, and watch, you know, every episode of every season and then you go back and you watch it again and you don't have to watch it in any kind of order. You know, it's, it's just right. whatever. Well, uh, I, I really like the collaboration. I, li I like the collaboration with T-Pain. I, I really look up to him and I say he is, he is just a funny guy. Yeah. He's a great guy. Yeah. Yeah, this week is a yeah. great one with a great vet veteran story, and the next week is uh, uh, Marshawn Lynch, which is an incredible episode. Oh, You'll really? love that one, too. Ooh. Well, buddy, listen, I, I want you to stay safe out there. Through. Buddy, I want you to stay safe yes, out sir. there. Wash those hands. You with me? Keep yourself yes, safe. Sir, I will. We all need to be responsible about this, and thanks for calling in. Yes, sir. If you're ever in the West Texas area and you want to come out on the big truck, you call me, and we'll make it happen. It's a deal. <laughs> <laughs> You know, Kevin, it's great that, 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 you know, there he is. He's out there doing it. He's driving the truck. The reels are rolling, and he's cool. He's not freaking out. No, no, no. He had the right attitude, I think. I think you so, know? too. You know, Kev, one thing I've learned about this crisis, and I've seen so many crises, and I think of even the hurricanes that I've dealt with in Puerto Rico and Baton Rouge and, and Superstorm Sandy in New York, and 
I've seen a lot of disasters and I've seen a lot of suffering in my life. I've even lived through the New York City blackouts in the 70s that were so terrible. And You know, America comes together at moments like this. We do. And we don't want to get each other sick and we do want to respect each other. So at times like this, when we're faced with moments like this, you know what, Kev? I, don't, I see things like this sometimes as our greatest opportunity to come through for each other. Don't you agree? Yeah. Well, then yeah, we, well, I mean, the, the, the cliche is, it, it, you know, you need darkness to see light. You do. But it's true. Yeah. It's true. And you're, you know, and you're right. And the greats always look at conflict, back to conflict, John, as opportunity. Yeah. Well, you when know? America goes through struggles like this, we always get stronger, Kev, every single time. We'll be right back. Don't shut down this podcast. John Taffer. We'll be right back. Wow, well, there's so much going on now between the political divisiveness, this coronavirus scare. And, you know, what can we really learn from this episode? Well, one, we have to be a little more responsible with our hygiene, our sanitation, take care of ourselves. But if you're a business owner, don't sit back and watch this happen. Act. Put your delivery programs in place. Do phone-in orders. Do something to make this more acceptable to your customers so that you don't lose business. React to it now. Anticipate the problem and get ahead of it. And... What do you do to fix it? Show responsibility. Businesses that show responsibility are going to survive through this. Businesses that don't will not. Look at the cruise lines, Corey. We've seen them fall to these types of viruses. We've seen cruise ships be disinfected. We've seen these problems before, but they survive. They get through it because they're responsible. They clean the ship properly. They sanitize it. And the next vessel, nobody gets sick. So as a brand, remember, as a business, remember, we are what we do. Now is the time to be responsible and let our customers know that we are. Next week, boy, there's a lot going on. We're going to talk about going green. It's really starting to pick up steam. And what does it mean, going green? And what are the details? We hear about these green proposals. How will they really affect you and how will they really affect business? And we're also going to talk about the vegan trend and how it's affecting the hospitality industry. And it is big time, from Impossible Burgers to Beyond Burgers to all sorts of new vegan presentations. There's a lot of money in vegan products for the hospitality and the retail industries. I'll talk to you then. Listen. Hit subscribe anywhere you listen to podcasts, and you'll get your new podcast every Thursday. Also, don't forget to leave a comment or send in your audio messages to podcast at johntaffer.com, that podcast at johntaffer.com. And if you ever want to call in, leave a message, talk to me about something, lines are always open, 916-842-5180. Leave a message if we don't answer, and we will call you back. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Subscribe to the John Tapper Podcast right now for more episodes every Thursday.